0: Today, I'm going to talk your ears off, to talk your ears off. This is a common English expression that has some kind of connection to what I'll be doing today. So if you're not sure what this means, you could have a think about it and I'll tell you the meaning at the end of today's episode. Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture, with me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me, whether it's your first time listening or you're coming back for the second, third or maybe 50th time. Thank you very much. Good to be here again. So just a little bit of housekeeping before we get to today's episode. And as I mentioned a couple episodes ago, housekeeping is basically the word you use when you have some updates and some news usually used on a podcast. It's a very like podcasty word. So first of all, don't forget you can check out the transcript for this episode. So if you go in the description of this podcast or you can go to my podcast page My website. You can read everything I'm saying while I'm saying it. I know I do say this every episode, but of course, there are some people who are new and they will not know this. So, hopefully, that will be useful for you guys. I've also been receiving a lot of really nice emails recently. So, I don't read these out on the podcast because I assume they're private, but lots of people have been sending me their. English learning journey and telling me what they're up to at the moment. And it's really, really nice to see that what I'm doing here on the podcast and in other places is helping in some way. So, thank you to everyone who has sent an email. If you do want to send one, you're always welcome to do so. My email is info at ewmichael.com. I also have one podcast review to read today, from Ariane in Brazil. So she said, the podcasts are always great, Michael. I'm listening to it every day. Loved the tip for italki. Just booked my first lesson using the voucher. Thank you very much for the amazing content. So thank you so much, Ariane, for listening to the podcast and for using the italki link. Also, another thing I'd like to remind everyone is that once a week on Thursday, I am giving out free English lessons via email. So these are simple lessons where we're looking at grammar or vocabulary through a story. And I'm also providing like a free correction service, I suppose. So if you want to reply to that email and practice what you have learnt in that lesson, I will be more than happy to correct your English and give you some feedback as well. So if you're interested in those completely free lessons, you can sign up to my email list, which you can find on the homepage of my website. And we're starting to build like a nice kind of community over there. So I'm really excited that people are finding them useful as well. Finally, the last thing I want to talk about is my online English school which is Level Up English. So I've made a lot of good progress on the website recently, and this is going to be released in the next couple weeks. And for those who don't know, it's basically going to be a big online school where you can find lots of resources to improve your English. At the moment, there's just one course, but of course that will increase over time. There's also going to be a community forum there. So you can ask questions about English. You can talk to teachers and other students about any questions you have. And at the moment, there's also a quiz which you can take, which will analyze your English level. So you take that quiz and it tells you what level you are at in your English and what you should do next to improve. So I will announce when this is public, which will be very soon. But I also want to let you guys know that the podcast will be changing a little bit as well. When the online school is released, the podcast name and picture will be changing. So at the moment, of course, it's the English with Michael podcast, which is not a very creative name, but when the course comes out, this will be called the Level Up English podcast. The content on the podcast will be exactly the same. You know, nothing is going to change. It's just going to be like a visual, visual change. So hopefully it will look a lot better and that will be coming out within the next couple weeks. Okay, so finally ending the housekeeping and getting to the topic of today, which is not really a topic. This is my first ever AMA episode. So AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. So I reached out to my followers on Instagram and I told them about this episode and they gave me lots of good questions to ask me. So I'm going to try to cover as many questions as I can today. And if I don't get to all of them, I'll cover some of them in the next episode as well. So hopefully I can do another one in the future. So let's get right into it. So The first question I received was how can I teach English as a second language in my country? This is a really big question to start with. I'm going to try to talk about it briefly. You know, first of all, it depends on whether you want to teach online or in real life. I have almost no experience with teaching in real life, so I can answer the online section quite easily. The easiest way to get started is to sign up to a service such as italki, you know, which I have talked about a lot recently. But it's very simple for teachers because no matter where you are in the world, you can just sign up to italki and become a community tutor, which means you can teach people English through conversation, even if you're not a native speaker. If you want to be qualified to teach English and be considered a professional teacher on italki, then you can take like a simple TEFL certificate online. There are many ones to choose from. Often they will take like 120 hours or something like that, where you have to kind of do some quizzes and exams online. Then you can get your certificate and you should be able to teach on italki there. And that will be a good starting point. If that goes well, you can then start to think about making your own website and branching out from there, you know, expanding from that point. There are many other websites you can use as well that I have had some experience with. One is called, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, maybe Preply or Preply. So that is P-R-E-P-L-Y. That's a very common English or language teaching website which you can try. But I really think italki is the best one and it's the most popular as well. So I would recommend that one. But the biggest obstacle for many people is that first step. So I think it's very easy to make excuses as to why you cannot do something. my English is not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm too shy. I'm not ready. But I think the most important thing is just to make that first step and just go for it. That's an expression we could say to jump in at the deep end which kind of means just to start right away and do not hesitate. So if you do that, then good luck. And if you're talking about teaching in real life, I don't have too much advice for that, but I'm sure there are things you could do to reach out to the community, put up posters in your local area and find a way to do that that works for you. The second question, maybe I should have started with this one, it's much easier. This is, where are you located? So, in other words, where do I live at the moment? Over the past few years, I have been moving around from place to place quite a bit. So, I'm originally from Cornwall, which is in the southwest of England, and that is still where I am at the moment. Although I have been many places in the past few years, during this current pandemic, I am staying in Cornwall. And if you've listened to a previous episode I did about Cornwall, you know that I highly recommend it for a visit. If you ever come to the UK, it's very beautiful, lots of beaches, lots of countryside and kind of a rich culture as well. So I'm very happy to be in Cornwall at the moment. Another question was to talk about myself, maybe more generally. So they asked for hobbies, a funny fact, favourite singer, these kinds of things. So, I'm going to talk about those three topics very quickly, because I have a lot of questions. Um, Hobbies. I have a couple hobbies. Some of you may know them. Of course, language learning is a big hobby of mine. That's something I really enjoy. In addition to that, I really enjoy hiking, which is basically exploring in the countryside, whether walking in mountains, forests, That's kind of related to traveling as well. Anything like that. In the past couple years, I've also really gotten into doing yoga. So yoga is one of my more recent hobbies that I've really started to enjoy. And there's a few more little ones, but those are the main ones, I would say. I like to keep my hobbies quite simple so I can really focus on them and I don't have too many things to do. Um, As for a funny fact, I really can't think of any actually, maybe I'm not a very funny person, but I can't think of any kind of funny or interesting fact about myself. It's quite hard to think of one. But I I guess one fact which maybe isn't so funny is the next question, my favourite singer. So I find it very difficult to choose a favourite singer or favourite band, but I think many people would be surprised to hear my favourite genre of music which is heavy metal. So I really enjoy listening to heavy metal, um, rock and that kind of music. So if you are also into this kind of music, maybe you'll know some of the bands I like. So I recently, I've really been into Slipknot, The Agonist and a fairly new one for me, which I really like is Gojira, which is like, it's a Japanese name, but it's a French band and they're really amazing. But yeah, I think many people would be surprised to hear that about me because maybe I don't look like that kind of person. I was also asked to talk about maybe the behaviour of British people or unusual habits or something like that. This is a really interesting question and I think it's maybe more suited for a full episode. I have spoken about etiquette before, like etiquette in the UK, which is how to be polite but I think I might come back to this topic and talk about general behaviour of British people and see if I can compare that maybe to other countries. So that might be a good idea for the future. Someone else asked, I was wondering whether you could record a podcast about online sources to learn British English. Question well received. I will definitely do a podcast about this in the future. That's a really good idea. And I get a lot of questions about that. So I will do that. The next question is not related to English. This is, what do you find most difficult in learning Japanese? that's a very good question. I remember when I started to learn Japanese, I found many things difficult, especially the grammar. These days, I don't find the grammar too challenging. And I try to have a positive attitude when it comes to learning grammar, which is kind of like I'm excited when I can find something new to learn. But the thing that has been most difficult for me since the beginning is a specific part of grammar, which are the particles. So these are very similar to like prepositions in English, where we would say, go to the beach, sit on on the bus, walk across the street. All of these kind of words are quite difficult in English and it's the same in Japanese. Even though I've been learning for many years, this is something I still haven't mastered or even got very good at. And a lot of the time I'm just guessing. I just kind of guess which is the right one. So that's something I really need to improve on. So when you say you struggle with English prepositions, I know exactly how you feel. It's a terrible feeling. It's very difficult. The next question is what kind of workout or sport do you do most often or which is your favourite? So as I mentioned before, yoga is my favourite. I don't do any sports. I'm not really a sporty person unless you consider hiking a sport. But yoga is my favourite activity to do and a few times a week I also try to work out, especially during this pandemic, because I think it's important to stay fit. And if you have a job like me, where I have to kind of sit at a desk, maybe for 12 hours a day or something like that, I think it's really important to try to keep fit. So I do my best to do that three or so times a week, but I'm not always so successful at that. Next question. Is it difficult for you to arrange the timetable for Skype lessons? Good question. Thankfully, the answer is no. So I use a really amazing software on my website called Acuity Scheduling. Now, this is a really amazing software. If anyone is looking to start like an online teaching service or anything like that, then please let me know because I can send you my link and I believe you can get some money off when you sign up maybe you get a little bit of a discount so let me know if you're interested it's a really fantastic scheduling software that i have on my website and it shows my complete availability so when a student books a lesson on my website it's kind of blocked off for other students so it's completely automatic i don't have to do anything apart from make sure my schedule is in the right order and i've been so grateful for having this software since the beginning. It's worth every penny I spend on it. Next question is a more personal one. This is, would you mind telling me your age? And of course I don't mind. So at the moment I am 26 and my birthday is in January. So I'm about 26 and a half, I suppose. Next question is back to English again. So this is tips to improve pronunciation and accent. I have spoken about this on the podcast before. I've made, I think, two episodes about accent and pronunciation. Firstly, it is very important to differentiate these two. So, pronunciation is important to improve. Accent is very different. You do not need to have the perfect accent for English, but it is good to have good pronunciation. So there are many ways you can improve your pronunciation. Simple way, but not so easy way, is to just watch lots of YouTube videos, lots of TV shows, listen to lots of podcasts like this one, and kind of get used to the sound of English. A technique you can use is shadowing, which is where you would repeat out loud the words that you hear after someone like me says them and try to say in exactly the same tone, use the same pitch, go up and down, and try to mimic that person's pronunciation. And that is a good way to practice your pronunciation. I would always recommend having some conversation practice too. If you can find an online teacher or any teacher to help you, they will give you tips on where to improve your pronunciation. And then once you know where to improve, you can kind of watch YouTube videos teaching you you know, the mouth position and what you can focus on. But I think with, just like with anything in language learning, the biggest, the best way to improve is just with practice. So the more talking and conversations you can have, the better you will improve. And I think a good example of this, I was watching on YouTube last night, PewDiePie. Now, many of you will know him. He is what well, one of the most popular YouTubers in the world and he's from Sweden and if you go back to his videos from 10 years ago he's got quite a strong Swedish accent but today if you watch his videos today his English is almost perfect he has almost no accent like you wouldn't really know he's not a native speaker and I don't think he has had any lessons or training in the last 10 years I just think he's been immersed in the English language. Of course, he's lived in the UK a little bit, but also he's spoken English every day for his YouTube videos. So that's a really good example of how a little bit of practice every day will slowly help you improve your accent and pronunciation over time. Next question is, which other languages do you know? Now this, it depends what you mean by know, because I wouldn't say I'm fluent in anything maybe apart from English. My best second language is Japanese, which I know to like a conversational level. I'm also learning Chinese at the moment. I'm still not so good at Chinese. Um, The reading and listening is improving, but speaking is quite difficult for me. In my life, I have also tried learning French, Russian, Cantonese, and Spanish. But at this point in my life, I've kind of forgotten most of them. Maybe I can pick up a few words in each language, but I can't really have a conversation, so I've forgotten most of that. So, I will will say two languages at the moment. That would be the simple answer. I got another question asking about schools in the UK. What are schools like in England? This is an excellent question, and I'm not going to answer it today because next month in June, I'm going to be releasing a podcast all about this topic. I'm going to be talking all about school in the UK. So you have to wait for that one. I hope that will be a good one for you. Another question. If you weren't a teacher, what would you be in terms of a job? This is a very interesting question. It's a what if question, a hypothetical I'm not exactly sure what other job I would want to do at the moment, apart from be a teacher, but I can talk about what would be maybe likely to have happened. So before I started teaching, I worked as a gardener. So I was kind of planting things, cutting grass. I did that for a few years and I had like a very big career change. So if I never became a teacher, I would probably still be doing that. Whether that would be in my own business or working for some garden center or something like that, I'd probably be doing that because I still enjoy spending time outside. And it was a nice, quite a nice job to have. So I imagine I would be a gardener. However, I do love this job I have now. I, I love the work that I do and I'm really happy that people find it useful. So I don't think I'll ever go back to gardening. I think that time of my life is over, but it was it was fun while it lasted. Next question. How many times do you brush your teeth during the day? (laughs) Very interesting question. I guess you mean altogether in the day, which would be twice. Of course, one in the morning, one in the evening. I do try my best to take care of my teeth. So I also try to like use mouthwash several times during the day. But I don't want to overbrush. I think overbrushing can be just as bad as underbrushing, you know, not brushing enough. So I try to have that balance of twice a day. And I recommend you do do the same as well. (laughs) Next question. What countries, I think they meant what countries do you want to go to? What countries do you want to visit? This is a really hard question because I want to visit every country. I think there's no country in the world that I don't really want to go to. Um, but high on my list the next few countries I want to visit. I really want to go to Russia because I've heard so much about it but I've never been there. I want to go to Ireland because it's so close to me, very easy to get to but I've never been there. I've never been to Ireland. I would also like to spend more time in China and also more time visiting different countries around Asia as well. I've got a lot of places I want to go to and the USA as well. I really want to go to America, but maybe that'll be a trip for another time. There's too many places to go to. If I were a millionaire, what would I do with the money? Ah, uh, Yes, a very common question, one I think about all the time. And there's always two options here, You know, I could answer in a serious way, or I could answer in kind of a fun way. I'm going to probably be serious because I'm not a fun person I suppose. So if I were a millionaire, I'd probably spend I'd probably use half of it on investing. I was that's a very boring but smart answer, right? But I guess investing is the best way to turn that million or turn those millions into more. So you have some like more security. But maybe the more fun answer, which is what I would love to do is I would love to buy a house in Different countries around the world. So, I think it would be amazing if I could have a house in Japan, a house in America, a house in Australia. So, maybe I could use these as like holiday homes. So, whenever I travel around the world, I have like a home base to work from. I think that would be a a nice way to spend my millions. But yeah, we'll see if I ever get there. (laughs) Do I have any siblings? Yes, I have one younger brother. He's two years younger than me. Next question, my favorite color. I haven't thought about this question in a few years, actually. I think my favorite color is probably blue because I live in the UK. We have a lot of rain and a lot of cloudy days. So whenever I see the blue of the sky, I feel very happy. So I think blue would be my favorite color. I think it's the most common favorite color, actually. Next question is my favourite meal. Favourite meal. I'm a very simple person and my favourite meal is soup and bread. It's very, very simple, but there's nothing more kind of cosy than having hot soup and bread and butter on a very cold day in the UK. It brings up really good memories from when I've done that in the past. And it's just it always makes me happy, always lifts my mood. The next question was a good one. This is what is my favourite word in English and Chinese? In terms of English, I don't have a favourite word as far as I can remember, but I love learning new words all the time. My favourite words are kind of ones that sound nice, but also have a nice meaning. So I have many of them, but one example is the word equanimity, equanimity. So I think this is a really nice sounding word. And also the meaning is nice. The meaning is like calm, peaceful, or the ability to stay calm under a stressful time. So I think it's important to have a state of equanimity in the mind, especially during busy and stressful times. Chinese, favorite word. Again, I don't, I can't think of one favorite word but what i love about chinese is how simple some of the words are especially to english speakers the names of many animals is a great example so to any chinese speakers listening i hope you can ignore my bad pronunciation but one example is the word for hippo which is "huma," which means river horse so in English, we have this word hippopotamus, which is a ridiculously hard name for an animal. But Chinese, it's just river horse. It's so simple, so easy to remember. Another example is the word for lobster, which in Chinese is dragon shrimp, or longsha, longsha. Dragon shrimp. So it looks like a shrimp and a dragon, so it's a dragon shrimp. So it's so easy to remember. Maybe the last one is xiong mao, xiong mao, which means bear cat. Now, can you think of the animal that looks like a bear and a cat? This is a panda. So panda is bear cat. So all of these kind of words, especially animals, these are my favorite Chinese words, I would say. Okay, I don't want the podcast to go on too long today. So I'll do two more questions. Next one is about Brazil. So I have a lot of Brazilian listeners to the podcast and followers on Instagram. So hello to Brazil. Really appreciate all of you for listening. The question is, what do you know about Brazil? And do I intend to visit someday? I know a little bit about Brazil. I know a little bit about some of the celebrations, a little bit about the food, a little bit about the geography and the cities. But I don't know too much. I should know more. And I think the best way to learn is to travel to that place, isn't it? So I definitely intend to come to Brazil one day. But in my mind, it's just so far away. I know it's no further than many other countries I've been to. I haven't yet crossed the Atlantic Ocean. You know, I haven't been to America. And when I do, I hope I can travel to many countries on the continent and Brazil will definitely, definitely be one of them. I would like to say in the next five years, but who knows, it's hard to predict. The final question is what is a common tradition in the UK? Now, again, I think I might dedicate a full podcast to this in the future, because of course we have many traditions. I'm not sure which one I could focus on today. One tradition which I think is quite unique and quite interesting is a celebration we have on November the 5th. So on that date we call it Bonfire Night or Guy Fawkes Night or Fireworks Night even. And it's basically a holiday to celebrate or remember the time when the Houses of Parliament were almost destroyed in basically an act of terrorism. I think it was a few hundred years ago. But the guy who tried to destroy the Houses of Parliament and Big Ben was stopped. And ever since that day, every year, we have a big bonfire, a big fire, and lots and lots of fireworks. And it's a very nice time because it's getting cold, it's winter, and It's a nice time to gather around the fire and celebrate. So that's a good tradition, and I think if I remember, I will do a podcast episode about that in November. There's a common rhyme that we use for this time. We say, remember, remember the 5th of November. So if I remember the 5th of November, I will make an episode about it. I am going to stop here today. I had a lot of questions, so We went on a little bit longer than I normally do. But please let me know if you enjoy this type of podcast. I won't do it all the time. But if you like hearing these kind of more casual ask me anything episodes, let me know and I'll be happy to do more in the future if you have some questions for me. Don't forget for a future episode, if you want to leave a question for me to answer, then you can go to ewmichael.com forward slash podcast. And on that page, there will be a place to leave an audio message or a written message. Also remember, if you want to get a free $10 for English lessons, you can go to ewmichael.com slash Thank you very much for listening to this longer special episode of the English with Michael podcast. And I will see you next week. Thank you very much. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school/podcast. That's levelupenglish.school/podcast and I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening. At the beginning of this episode, I mentioned the expression to talk your ears off. This basically means when someone talks so much that your ears want to fall off. Obviously, it's a metaphor. It's not real. But we can use this when we're going to talk a lot about a certain topic. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope I didn't talk your ears off today.